The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte. One sentence summary. The Desire Map gives you a goal setting mechanism and makeover by showing you that desire, not facts, is what fuels our lives and helps you rely on your feelings to navigate life. Instead of giving in to the pressure of the outside world to check the boxes on goals that don't really matter to you. My favorite quote from the author is, knowing how you actually want to feel is the most potent form of clarity that you can have. Danielle Laporte. Danielle Laporte runs one of the top 100 blogs in the world for women, where she educates people about spirituality, entrepreneurship and personal growth. She's written three books, has a fourth one on the way and is not your average self-help guru. The Desire Map came out in 2012 and helps those frustrated with chasing goals whether you keep reaching them but not getting any happier or failing in the first place. Daniel says that goals with soul come from the inside, not from the outside, and that we should pick our goals to support our emotional well-being, not the other way around. So if your current process of setting goals and achieving them doesn't leave you feeling happy and content, this book is for you. Here are three good lessons to start mapping your desires. 1. Desire boosts your creativity. 2. Feelings are just as true as facts, even if it's just for you. 3. Goals that you dread chasing aren't worth achieving. Ready for a goal-setting makeover? Here we go. The Desire Map Lesson 1. Desiring something makes you more creative. This answers the question, how does desire fuel our creativity? Danielle says desire is the driving force behind life. Chances are, when you hear the word desire, the first thing you think about is our animalistic sex drive. But desire goes way beyond that. Apart from getting you out of bed in the morning because you crave human connection, food, love and achievement, and forcing you to tackle your fears, desire also makes you more creative. That's because when you want something, it forces you to get creative and work out how you're going to get that thing that you want. For example, if you remember your first crush in high school, I bet you've obsessed day and night about how you can make them notice you. Sending paper notes, dropping hints, and in my case, blatant staring, are all creative attempts at firing that first spark that might lead you to your first love. So when you use desire as your foundation for setting goals, you're preparing yourself well for the creative effort you're going to have to make to get there. The desire map lesson 2. Feelings are just as true as facts, even if it's just for you. This answers the question, won't science matter more than our subjective feelings for when we want to go somewhere and get something? We usually try to make decisions based on facts, not feelings. We think basing our choices on what's true for everyone, we end up with better results. But in most cases, that's not true. Actually, choosing to ignore our feelings is sort of a way of ignoring truth. Why? Because feelings are just as true as facts. They are just not true for everybody. When you say that Fred is super annoying, what you've really just said is that Fred makes you feel really annoyed. And that's as true as it gets. That's what makes ignoring feelings so hard and also wrong. However, it's the reason businesses don't tell their employees to follow their heart or passion. Because strong feelings can easily become distracting and hard to deal with, like the sadness over a relationship ending. But no matter what your boss tells you, you should never ignore what your core desired feelings tell you, as Danielle calls them. These are the major feelings you crave to feel in your life, and they're often the guiding stars that'll help you make big life decisions. 
the desire map lesson 3. Goals that you dread chasing aren't worth achieving in the first place. This answers the question, should I stick to a goal if it's probably not really what I want, but something I would still like to accomplish? Danielle used to set goals like a lot of driven people do nowadays. I'm gonna make $100,000 this year, or I'll publish my book by October 15th next year. But those hard numbers only sapped her energy and put her in a constant state of stress and worry about hitting the deadline. But goals should make you feel excited. If you dread the entire journey of chasing the goal you set, chances are it's not a goal worth of you achieving it in the first place. This doesn't mean that the way to your goal will be all sunshine and rainbows, but when you complain every step along the way, it's time to re-examine it. Believe it or not, some of the most successful people don't fixate on numbers and focus on just having fun. And it works. Like Seth Godin, who spends zero time looking at his blogging stats or reading reviews of his books. So whichever big goal you set next, make sure it feels right. Oh, and when you hit it, don't worry. Wanting more is natural. Then you can tap into your desires again and set the next one. My personal takeaways from the desire map for 2017. So the first thing you have to bear in mind is that 70% of Danielle's audience are women. Okay, so if this felt a little geared towards women, that's normal. Um, the other thing I would like to say is that I've seen some interviews with Danielle and she's a very spiritual person, right? And her blog is very spiritual and everything is a bit, you might say, wooey. <laughs> Um, this is usually not my type of thing, but that doesn't mean I can't learn from things like this and so can you. Also, I think she has a fair point with quite some of these things. Let me explain. So, uh, of course, desire makes you more creative. I think love is the perfect example, right? I mean, we've all made an ass of ourselves at one point to impress someone we liked and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But it's the desire that got us there. It's the desire that made us so crazy to say, you know what, I don't care if I look like an idiot in front of the whole class. I'm just going to do this thing. Uh, and I find actually, the more I do it, so recently I found a girl on Medium, or it was a post and it was by a girl. And I really liked that post. It was personal. It was about dating. Um, and it was really cool. So I was like, man, like she sounds kind of cool. Okay, then I saw she has more posts. Okay, then I read a couple more and I was like, man, like she sounds amazing. She writes amazing, right? So it was really cool. Uh, obviously, as a writer, I'm naturally attracted to people who write. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So I thought, hmm, like what can I do? I don't want to just like say hi or I think I left a note on her post and I complimented her or something and she put a note back, but it was like just a compliment on her writing. And I thought, hmm, like, should I do something or not? Or my feelings told me like she's a special person. So I should do like let her know in, in a way. But I didn't know what that way was. Um, so I was like, you know what? Let's just let me go with the flow. Like let me, let me go with the feeling. I really want to read everything she's written. It was just like 10 posts on Medium. It was not that much. Um, so for I think it was one evening or so. I spent the whole evening reading her chronology that she'd published on medium i read all the posts and then i wrote one and that post is called i want to date a girl who writes um and 
I just took some lessons from it, right? So the first lesson for me was like, man, I want to, I want to date a girl who writes because learning about this particular girl's journey was amazing. I read through her articles and it felt like t taking steps along her journey, watching her grow, and it was really cool. So that was that post, and I was like, man, like, should I publish this or not, right? Because it's very personal, and I tagged her in the post too, so I would let her know. So it was all very public. I was like, hmm, sheesh, man, should I do this and so on? But the desire to just like get her reaction and see what she thinks of it, it was too strong, right? So I really wanted to know. And then, uh, so I published it and I even put it in a big publication and it went kind of popular too. So a couple thousand people read it. Um, and that was a really fun experience, right? And But the desire to like connect with this person that had first to be there to give me the creativity to actually do this and not give a crap about what people think. Uh, and yeah, we did eventually exchange numbers. We wrote back and forth a little bit, but she's somewhere in Portland, Oregon. I'm in Germany. It's like a million miles away. But still, you get the point, right? So when you get these feelings, when you have something, just like go with the flow, give into it and see what happens. Second lesson, feelings are just as true as facts. Whew, this is something, it's really, really tough for me. I'm a super rational person. So you might think when you see me that, man, like, um, no, I'm, I, I convey the feeling that I'm super happy, but I'm also super rational and I just make a ton of sense in things. Um, so you might sometimes think, um, I don't know, maybe I'm, I might come across as cold or, or not so romantic, especially to girls or, I don't know. But the truth is I do have, um, I do have feelings and it sometimes like when I feel something in my gut like I know it to be true um, but obviously that's just for me right like th this extent of truth is just for me so when I feel that a lot of my friends are complaining or the people I know that claim to be depressed and something like I know what kind of history they've had like the same family history is me right like cotton candy childhood no problems no real problems anyways it's like problems in college or something we're like oh i have to finish one semester i have to stay one semester longer in school i'm like are you freaking kidding me like my grandma was in world war ii what the hell's going on my great grandma had her house collapse on her head and she had to crawl underneath the concrete and come up again and you're bitching about having to stay like six months longer in a school that's all paid for by your parent like what the fuck is going Right? So I have these feelings, right? And I know these are true, but that's not what science says, right? So it's hard to argue with these. Um, and also, sometimes I have these feelings like, hmm, I think I can stay up longer. I think I can, I can pull this off. I think I can stay up late and still wake up early and so on. And it's true, right? So sometimes I, I can do things that factually make no sense because I know technically, for example, I need this much sleep and so on. But sometimes feelings are stronger than facts for us as long as we believe in them strongly enough because feelings are facts right so a super complicated topic i hope I, I can write more about it i just put up a post on medium called stop blaming science for your lack of productivity which is the same because science tells us like the average sleep and average productivity is this and that blah 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 but the truth is if you are 100 percent dedicated to your goal to your mission if you are insanely passionate about it if you have all these components you have your perspective gratitude patience if this comes together everything then you can work 18 hours a day 
don't tell me it's not possible. Look at someone like Elon Musk. Look at someone like Gary Vaynerchuk. These people work their asses off every single day. And it's not like they have extra health, extra fitness, blah, 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 that they're genetically mutants. No, it's just all in your head. So feelings are just as true as facts. And this is something I hope to explore more in the future. And lastly, I'm the same way with numbers, by the way. You have to think about that. Goals that aren't worth chasing. So, for example, I first had a goal, I think, of 10,000 email subscribers, which was really bad because I can't control it, right? I can't control who signs up. Then I changed my goal to, I think, 100,000 words a year or 1,000 words a day or something like that uh, in terms of written words which was better because I controlled the goal, but still arbitrary because it's just a number and nothing's going to happen if I write 100,000 words in a year, right? They might be good or bad. So now I have one sort of number goal because I want to make $50,000, $60,000 a year to when I graduate high school, uh, high school, <laughs> college. But that's like the only thing I have. And I already realized since I set that goal, I'm feeling more pressured. So I'm, I stress more. I realize that. Um, actually, I don't care if I hit it then, then if not, I'll just get a part-time or full-time job and then do this thing on the side until I have it, right? But I already noticed like this number is sort of creeping up on my fun and I do the best when I just focus on, let me do this project and I have an idea for the project. I want to take it from start to finish, however long it takes, it takes. And once I have it, um, I'll release it. That's it. And that's a much better way for me to do things. Maybe you need goals. Maybe you need the fixed numbers and the deadlines. Make sure whatever you do, it feels right. I think that's what the desire map is all about. And that's some of the valuable things we can learn from this very spiritual book and very unusual book for four minute books. So you see, learned a ton uh, from this awesome book, though it's technically not very much in our usual circle of competence. I hope we get more books like this and I hope to see you on the next summary.